Today we're continuing in our uh, relationship series. This is week four, and I'm leaving it kind of open because I'm not sure if we're going to wrap it up today. I might do one more after the, the marriage conference next weekend, so we'll see. It'll be a surprise. Amen? Let's see where the Spirit leads and what He wants to do. So today is week four of our relationship series, and uh, again, this has been, you know, uh, whether you're married or single, it, I mean, we all have relationships, right? It's not just about romantic relationships and marriages and, and, and dating and all that stuff. Obviously, life's all about relationships. Isn't that right? It's about our relationship with God, our relationship uh, with others. We can't go throughout uh, life without being in relationships unless we like some hermit living in a cave somewhere and that would not be fun right that would not be the way that you know and I said this uh, er, uh the early service later on in my message but just speaking of relationships and how important they are I thought about this as now like you know uh if you've seen and you have kids that are uh, in the public school that are starting to go back full-time you know we have three of our children uh, that were doing hybrid schedule so they would go to school Monday Wednesday and every other Friday and then on the off days they were doing virtual well I know like for our children and a lot of children I've talked to they seem to do better on the in-person days than on the virtual days and so what that tells me, just as important as it was for as soon as we can come back together and have church, God has created us to be in community and relationships. So just as important, you even see it as a church community, you could even see how children typically do better in a learning community. Now, I know some kids do homeschool and stuff and have done that all their lives and they learn better that way. But I know like for my children and others, it just reminded me, you, whether it's church community or learning community, my wife does better in an exercise community. When she's at a gym, she's at a gym. Now that they have classes, it's all, you can't just walk up and go work out. You, it's a part of a class. She does better exercising in a community of people. Why is that? Because God has designed us to be in relationship. Isn't that right? Well, it's right, whether you believe it or not. So, amen. So, but it is, right? We see it, that God's wired us that way, to be in relationship. And that's why the Bible talks so much about relationships and why we're dealing with it. So you can turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. It's where we're going to begin here in a minute. If you have your Bible, phone, iPad, uh, uh, week 1. Uh, I talked about the source of successful relationships, and of course, the source is Jesus, And what I, but I meant was, and uh, even more so, if you didn't listen to this message or any other ones, you can go our website app, YouTube, Vimeo, podcast, is that, you know, he was speaking to the woman at the well. The well was a backdrop. She was married five times, living with a man that wasn't even her husband, and basically what Jesus was telling her is that, hey, listen, you're drinking from the wrong well. You're going to all these men to try to fulfill things in you that only God can fulfill. And he presented that, if you ask me, I'd give you living water. And then we looked at another scripture where Jesus makes it clear that rivers of living water would flow from an innermost being, speaking of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we communicate and commune with God today is through the Holy Spirit, right? So our relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit. So our source is Him and Him alone. All of our relational need, core needs, the core needs we have, only met in God uh, first and foremost. There are secondary needs that our spouse or friends or brothers and sisters can meet, but not core needs. So that was week one. Week two, Pastor Todd talked about taking relationships to a whole new level, and he showed us that by loving without restraints. He talked about agape love and how we can love without restraints as Jesus did. Matter of fact, Pastor Todd is at Family Life Abbeville this morning, so he's at that campus over there preaching for his brother Dick while, while Pastor Dick is out. And then last week I talked about how to help heal a toxic relationship. And so 
Those of you that may be in toxic relationships, be it a marriage, friendship, co-workers, even could be a brother or sister here in the church. I showed you ways how you can heal toxic relationships. Ultimately, it's Jesus that needs to heal us, right? I mean, he said he came to heal the brokenhearted and restore relationships, but there's things that we can do um, to do that as well. But before we get into today's, today's message, I just want to remind you of something by reading this verse in Psalm 127, verse 1. It says, if the Lord does not build the house... The work of the builders is useless. Unless the Lord builds the house, another translation said, the work of the workers are va- is vain. So in other words, you can put into practice all the things we talked about the last three weeks. What I'm going to talk about today, hopefully if you're coming to the marriage conference Saturday, but if the Lord Jesus Christ is not in the middle of it, it ain't going to work. It may work for a little while, it may get better, but but this scripture, the Bible, the Word of God says, if we do all this work in the natural, uh, it's really going to be in vain or be useless. we got to have the Lord in the middle of our, our marriages, our relationships, our friendships, and our family. Amen? So today we're going to talk about communication in relationships. See, communication is vital in all relationships. It's the way we get to know people. It's the way that we fall in love. It's the way we resolve conflict. It's the way we express our needs, etc. You know, when, when we do pre-marriage counseling or marriage counseling after, I've been doing it for 15 years now. And even in pre-marriage counseling, uh, I, even those that we, we do this survey, it's a, another organization called Simba's that they take online survey. It comes back to us and lets us know like areas they need to grow in and work on. Nine times out of ten, even if like spirituality is great, finances are good, nine times out of ten, most couples, if they're going to score low, it's going to be in communication and then consequently, consequently, is that the right word? Conflict resolution, right? Because if you can't communicate well, you're not going to be able to resolve conflict well, right? So communication is so important. You know, in natural wars, a strategy... Uh, a lot of times, especially in the older days, but even now, but a strategy a lot of times is that a, 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 one of the military forces will try to cut communication from the opposing forces. Because if they can cut communication between each other of the opposing forces, they can confuse them and defeat them. If you ever watch any old war movies or documentaries, that's a, a main strategy that they'll use. Well, guess what? Our enemy tries to do the same thing. If he can cut our communication between one another, our communication, first of all, with God, right? He tried it with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Think about that. He attacked the communication between God and and, and, and and, uh, and Adam right at the beginning, or Adam and Eve. Did God really say he attacked the communication? Matter of fact, did you know this? I I found this out too, that uh, listening to a pastor preaching that, you know, the enemy, how important marriages is, the enemy didn't attack until Adam and Eve got together. The enemy never spoke to Adam or attacked him until he got with Eve. I tell you that the enemy is threatened by a godly marriage. And he tries to come and infiltrate and cut off our communication between God and with each other. So 1 Peter 4, 7, if you're there, the end and culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer, staying balanced and focused on the things of God. There you go, God first, right? On the things of God, so that your communication will be clear, reasonable, specific, And look at that, pleasing to him. 
Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Lord, I pray, help me to clearly communicate and preach your word. Help us to not only receive it, but to apply it to our lives, that we can, Lord God, be in more intimate communication with you and with those in our lives around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, growing in our communication with others will not only be helpful and healthy in our relationships with people, but it'll also be pleasing to God, right? There's things that we do, the way we talk to people, treat people, communicate with other relationships, glorifies God and it's pleasing to Him. Why? Because, you know, these are His creation and His uh, uh, sons and, and daughters as well. Wow, there's just a gnarly spider web that just floated right by me right there. That was... That was pretty crazy, but kind of cool at the same time. So anyway, I can get easily distracted, so let me keep going. Um, you know, have you ever thought about it if you're married? That, you know, if you're a husband, that your wife is also your sister in a sense, because that's God's daughter, right? And your husband is, is, is God's son. So when you think about it, not only is it your wife or your husband you need to honor and, and treat well and communicate well with, but you know what? It's pleasing to the Lord because that's his children as well. Amen? And also, you can't know God personally without communicating with Him. So today, as we talk about communicating in relationships with one another, but it's, it's God as well. And we're going to talk about that. Our vision here for you comes out of Ephesians 2, for you to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. When we say know God, it's knowing God personally. So if you can't communicate with God through His Word, through the Spirit, through prayer... You'll hear about him like today and get a head knowledge of him in his word. But you know what? You won't come to know him in intimacy. See, all intimacy begins with communication. So personal intimacy. My wife's looking at the web now. It's going her way. Kind of like one of those beach balls that's floating around the room now. So it's a test of, 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 of concentration in communication. See that? The Lord just gave me an illustration there. I saw Ryan looking at it a while ago too. Want that thing to land in my hair at some point, and then I got a spider way up on both sides, you know. And by the way, y'all have heard my story how much I love spiders, right? So that's it. I'm being very facetious. I hate spiders. So anyway, okay. Since we all have to communicate with people on a daily basis, regardless of our relationship status, I want to give you some strategies to strengthen your communication skills, right? Just like a strategy enemy is to cut off our communication, I want to give you strategies to strengthen your communication skills. And number one, and this is the most important thing when we talk about communicating with our words, you must understand that some of us know this, but still forget, I think, whenever we communicating, is you must understand the power of your words. You must understand how powerful your words are. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, a man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Did you notice twice in two verses, the Bible tells us that there's consequences to our words. Our words don't just float away like that spider web is doing right now. There's consequences. I'm sorry. I keep mentioning, I see somebody, Debbie turning around like, where's that thing at? I don't want that thing. I need to, okay, I need to leave that alone. See, God created everything we see and who we are with what? His words, right? Let there be light. He spoke creation into existence. Everything we see, the planets, the stars, the galaxies, the mountains, rivers, trees, streams, animals, and of course, us with his mouth. And guess what? We're created in God's image. That's why we have the power of death and life 
with our words as well. See, every great marriage and relationship is full of positive words and every bad relationship is full of negative words or no words at all. See, one of the worst forms of communication is a lack of communication at all. Is whenever we're not communicating with one another. See, words are nuclear. We've all seen footage of a nuclear bomb going off, right? And the destruction that it can, it can hold. The Bible's telling us it's the same thing. Now we can bless and create, which we're going to look at, but, but it can be destructive as a nuclear bomb. See, God has a plan for your life and the devil has a plan for your life. Did you know that? You know how we know that? Because Jesus said in John 10, 10 that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his plan for you. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So both God and the devil have a plan for your life. And since death and life are in the power of the tongue, you will partner with one of those plans in part by what you say every day. Whose plan are you partnering with every day? Life and death's in the power of the tongue. Our words are powerful. Here are some powerful truths about words. Words don't evaporate. In other words, when we say a word, it don't just float off like that spider web. It don't just disappear. Look at what Jesus says, Matthew 12, 36 and 37. And when I read this again, when I was studying the other day and even read it at the first service, it's very, very sobering, especially if you never heard this before. Jesus said, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Guess what? People say it's just words. It doesn't mean anything. Actually, Jesus said our words are being recorded and they're going to be played back for us. Did you know that? I saw a couple of eye wrinkles like, whoa. Think about this. Just in this service, what if we started scrolling back our whole week and the things that we said all this week in front of this church? How many of y'all be heading for the doors? I'd be in my truck before all of y'all. I'd be like, hey, y'all wouldn't beat me out of here, right? How awkward would that be, right? Well, Jesus said every idle word is going to be played back. Our words don't evaporate, y'all. It's being recorded. It's being recorded in heaven or in the spirit realm. It don't say exactly where, but Jesus said we will give an account for every single word we say. Our words don't evaporate. And we know that also they get lodged in our hearts and in our minds and in other people's hearts and minds. Isn't that right? Can't you remember something that was spoke over you, good or bad, even whenever you were a little kid? Right? Some people, and it's affected you in a powerful way. There was a sister in the church, I asked for her permission to use this, and she was telling me a few weeks ago that she had got a breakthrough and lost a bunch of weight, and she was telling me that her mom, when they would go to the store, and they would buy clothes for all the kids. And she'd say, okay, let's go to the chubby section now for the sister, for her, her, her daughter. And constantly spoke over her. And she said, she's in her 60s now. She struggled with the weight ever since. And she believed part of it is a correlation to her mom always just like, well, this is who I am. I'm going to be. But this year, during praying fasting, she got a breakthrough. And she's lost, I think, over 30 pounds or something like that. Maybe even more than that. But uh, it, it's It's significant. But she told me, this was weeks ago before I was even preparing this message, but I remembered it as I was studying. Y'all, and some of y'all can testify to some of the same things, right? Your parents, a teacher, a coach, 
good and bad. So I remember people that have said, my dad used to say, man, you can do anything you want. Whatever you want to be, you can do. Those words stuck with me. That was a little before I was a Christian. Never thought I'd be a pastor for sure. But you know what? Over the years, I've thought about that. And that still spoke to me like, well, you know what? If my dad was still around, he told me I can do anything I want to do. I know this is the calling of God on my life, but the negative is true as well. People that have spoken negative, it stuck with you. It's still with you today. And the enemy tries to play it back to, to, to harm you and to, to kill, steal, and destroy your destiny or even your life. Amen? Words are also very revealing. When we get mad and we get in an argument and we say something hurtful, afterwards we apologize and say, well, you know what? I know I said that, but I didn't really mean that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know how I know that? Again, because Jesus tells us. Matthew 12, 33 and 35, Jesus said, a tree is identified by its fruit. The tree is our heart, fruit is our words. Look what it says. If a tree is good, the fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is right and good? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Heart. I had a gentleman come up to me after the first service and said, man, when you saw him, that's true. He's frustrated. He's been in a wheelchair for years and he's, get, he's just having, having some issues. But he said, man, that's true. He said, I've, I've been getting angry lately and those things come out. Come on, y'all. This is, this is what the Bible, this is the word of God. This is what Jesus said. Our words are going to be recorded and what we say we really do mean. Now, I know sometimes we're joking and we're picking, but I'm talking about you know, when you, when you say something to harm somebody in a relationship, your marriage, a friendship, coworker, he said those things, which in your heart determines what you say. That's the words of the Lord Jesus himself. And of course, like we said, words are powerful. Life and death, again, Proverbs 18, 21 and different translation. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. You know what it's proven, and they've done studies, that plants actually respond to the human voice. They've done studies, you can look it up, where they've had two plants and they've spoke over one that you're ugly, you're never going to grow, you're, 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 you know, all these things. And another one saying you're beautiful, you're healthy, you're a blessing, all of these things. And just spoke those negative and positive things day after day, watered them the same, same light, and one withered and one flourished. That's, that's a proven thing. Scientists that, that, that don't even probably believe the word of God have seen the effects of our words. And how powerful our human words are. You know, just this week I was telling a young man I was talking to that was saying a couple of things over his life. And I said, man, you need to stop saying that. You may have not realized it before, but these things you're saying, you're speaking them over yourself. And I quoted this very scripture to him and said, man, life and death in the power of your tongue. You need to stop speaking those things, man. Let's pray and break that off of your life. Amen. You can kill or you can heal relationships with your mouth. Amen. So if you've been in a toxic relationship, you can begin to bring some healing by the words that you speak. Amen. Also, bad words don't bring good results. Bad words don't bring good results. My wife just said amen and gave me a look like you better practice what you preach, brother. Bad words don't bring Good results. And it's true. I, I've, I've definitely failed at this. I'm confessing with myself. I, I think y'all know that by now. I have no problem trying to help you with issues that I'm working through myself. I don't have it all licked, y'all. Come on. I'm, I'm working through this like y'all are. But you know, 
In 15 years of doing ministry, I've never had a couple come sit in my office and one of them that were having marriage problems looked at me and said, man, last night, my wife, man, she just cussed me out up one side and down the other. And halfway down, while she was just cussing me lower than the dog, I thought, you know what? She's right. And it just was a breakthrough in our marriage. And I've turned it around since. Nobody has ever said that. You know why? Because it doesn't work. When you scold people, if you cuss at them, hopefully not, and you talk lower and talk down to them, and, and I'm, I'm going to have to just get, get after them and just, you know, try to motivate them, that doesn't work. People don't respond to that. Well, some people respond, but not in a healthy way. Amen? It doesn't work. See, the power of our words, the, the fact that we have power in our words, that's one of it. it, it it makes us like God, and it's also it makes us different from animals. People think, oh, some people say we're just like animals and all this and that. We're not. I often we got a dog, and I often think my dog will just randomly start barking at us, and I'm like, what do you want, dude? Like what? But you know what? He can't talk. That's what makes it. We're not like animals, by the way. We don't come from animals. We were created in the image of God, with the power to create life, to destroy life, to heal, and to restore. Amen? So when you communicate, be very careful. Because your tongue is loaded and it can go off. Just like a gun that's fully loaded, with, the, with it off of safety, is our tongue each and every day. James goes on to say, who can control the tongue? It's the smallest muscle, but it can cause the most damage. You can use it for good or for evil. And i just give you one more example. Our society is being destroyed because people's mouths are running wild. Is not down the truth more than ever. People's mouths are running wild, saying whatever, typing whatever, sending, tweeting, and emailing everything they want on, on every day, 24-hour news coverage, and people are just saying so many crazy things and have no idea the destruction that they're causing. That's a big reason our society is where it is today. Amen? So y'all listen, understand the importance and the power of your words. Amen? Number two, learn to listen. We must learn to listen. James 1.19 says, understand this, brothers. He put an emphasis. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. The Amplified translation says, be a careful, thoughtful listener. See, when we enter a conversation, feelings first or words first, it usually never ends up well. When we come in, as my wife has said to me before, when we come into a conversation half-cocked, it usually don't turn out good. Or we come in all in our feelings, like we say, right? Instead of saying, okay, let me try to listen to my wife or my brother, my sister, my coworker, my, my fellow partner in, in the body of Christ that I, that I fellowship with on a weekly basis, right? Whoever it is, my children even, to sit down and listen. You know, I know a pastor who says he practices leaning into a person when he's talking to them. He says it keeps his mind from wondering and lets them know that he is really present in the conversation. We should try that. You could physically lean in on the edge of your seat and say, hey, look, I'm paying attention to you. I'm listening to you right now. We need to learn to be, again, we, we need the Holy Spirit's help, right? We need the Lord's help to help us. But if he said to do this, he would help us to do it, right? Things like this will help you to listen for other people's needs as you're talking to them. There's a beautiful illustration of this in the life of King David. In 2 Samuel 23, David was hiding from the Philistines who were in possession of his hometown, Bethlehem. He longed for a drink of water from a well in Bethlehem that he often drank from when he was a boy. 
He didn't issue an order or a command to his, his men. He just said, oh, how I would love some of that water from that well. And three of his mighty men heard the king sigh for water. They risked their lives, broke through enemy lines, got water, and brought it back to their king. I would say that's a thoughtful and careful listener right there, right? They heard the longing of their king, who they were in relationship with. And these were three mighty men of some of his core guys in his inner circle in the relationship, and they risked their lives to go get it for the king. See, I know we've all heard this, right? You said it. Your parents probably said it to you when you was a kid. God gave us two ears, right, and one mouth. We're supposed to listen more than we talk, right? Matter of fact, and listen, I didn't say this at the first service, but when Pastor Terry Darnell, Family Life Sugarland, married my wife and I over 17 years ago, we were at the altar. We were actually down the road at the altar. And he looked at everybody and said, I don't know how this is going to work. He said, because both Cassie and Brandon talk a lot. I don't know how this is going to work out. And he said, but they both assured me that they're good listeners. And so, <laughs> so it, thankfully, 17 years later, it's still working. Praise God. See, we need to listen to God as well. Talking about listening to one another, we need to learn how to listen to the Lord. How do you do that? In our day and age, it becomes hard and hard. We got to make time to listen to the Lord. We got to get quiet before Him. We got to turn everything off. Because you know what? Just like in a, in a, in a, in a, um, a relationship, marriage, or friends, or whatever, if you're trying to listen, how many of y'all know this doesn't work? When your spouse or your friend or your coworker says, Hey, man, I need to talk to you. Are you listening? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm listening. What you got? I'm listening. Yeah, you you hearing them, but you know, or I've been guilty, like end of the day, tired, trying to watch TV. She said, hey, babe, you listening? Oh, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. Wait, what you said? Right? It don't work. We got to get quiet, just like we would do, and, and, and we, we don't do, because we need to put aside our phones when we're talking to one another. It's the same thing with the Lord. Trying to listen to the Lord, you got to get quiet, put it, turn things off. And then also listen for God speaking through other people. Just a couple of weeks ago, a lady came to, to, uh, to the office and, and needed some counsel for something. And she was going through some things going on in her family. And, and, and she had a situation and she wanted my advice. And, and when I just shared with her, I said, well, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but what everything I'm hearing, this is what I would do. And, and, and she said, man, my husband told me the same thing. And he's a godly man that's connected to the church. And some, uh, some other people too said, that's what I really feel like the Lord's been telling me as I'm praying. And then later on, I saw her and I said, hey, how did this situation turn out? She said, well, I did with, we were all thinking. She said, everybody that I asked said the same thing. Now, when it's godly people that you know hear from the Lord and you feel like, she, of course, she was praying, God speaks through other people as well. Amen. Now, listen, it got to line up with the word and what God's telling you, right? I mean, if you just, if it's something way off the wall, you know, it's different, but, but it's confirmation God will speak through other people. So remember, the most important relationship we have is with the Lord. So we need to learn how to communicate with him as well by listening to him, but our spouse, our loved ones, our friends, and our coworkers. Amen. Learn to listen first. Learn in that old saying to, to seek to understand before being understood. The way that you truly try to understand somebody is by listening to. Amen? And the third and final thing we need to do is we need to break bad habits so we can break barriers. See, I talked about toxic relationships last week, and part of that is we're building up walls. When you're in a toxic relationship, walls begin to build between one another. Look at what Proverbs 18, 19 says. A brother who has been insulted is harder to win back than a walled city. And arguments separate people like the barred gates 
of a palace. When Solomon wrote this, this was the day and age they were living in. Walled cities to protect them from the enemy and, and bar gates. So he says, when you insult somebody, again, you remember how I said bad words don't produce good effects? When you think you're going to scold somebody or insult them to make them do right, it does the opposite. It adds another brick or two or a hundred to that wall that they've already put up. That's what the Bible says, right? And that then arguments, you know, the worst form of communication is arguing. Now listen, do you know it's not a sin to be angry? The Bible says be angry, yet not sin, right? It's okay. Anger is an emotion God has given us. I believe Jesus was angry. And he said, you brood of snakes. I don't think he was just twiddling his thumbs. It said an exclamation point in my Bible, right? He was, he flipped over tables of the money changers. Jesus got angry, yet did not sin. So argument, we can get angry. Matter of fact, let me say this. We need to give each other permission to get angry in relationships. It's just how do we deal with that, that anger? And that's why I'm trying to encourage you to break the bad habits of yelling and arguing and talking down to people. See, bad communication habits builds walls between those you're in relationship with. The more you hurt or insult your spouse or a loved one, the harder it would be for those walls to come down between the two of you. Amen. And remember, the enemy's working overtime to try to cut off that communication. So he's trying to help you build that wall block by block, brick by brick. We all have some bad communication habits we need to break. Here are a few. A degrading delivery. Listen, if you have a difficult conversation that you have to have with your spouse, a loved one, a friend, a coworker, maybe use the phrase like, I feel like sometimes you do this instead of you always do this. Because chances are they probably don't always do that. Right? They may do it a lot, but they don't always do that. You know, experts say... That a conversation will never go past the first three minutes, the level of the first three minutes of that conversation. In other words, you can have an hour conversation. If the first three minutes start off rough with you arguing and, and, and yelling and, and accusing and all that kind of stuff, it'll never end well. It never goes past the first three minutes of how you started it. So instead of going in half cocked and accusing and condemning and criticizing, you know, we should go in listening and and with a different tone. I know for my wife, she said it, if she ain't said it once, she ain't said it a hundred times. For me and, and my, I'm just, can I just let y'all into my marriage a little bit? For us, it's usually not what I say, it's my tone on how I say it. If I say something with the wrong tone, it don't, I could have said, you know, unicorns and, and tulips. If I say it in the wrong way, a rainbows, I don't know, I was just trying to think of something super fluffy, I don't know, that it's not what I say, it's how I say it. My tone is what will shut her down. If I come into a conversation like, hey, listen, she's done. It don't even take three minutes, trust me, three seconds, and she's, it's over with. That conversation will know. But if I'm saying, hey, babe, can I talk to you? We need to talk. Is this a good time? Can I adjust you? <laughs> you know, Pastor Larry talks about I'm adjusting you, I'm not attacking you, you know, and so... The first three minutes, remember that, how you come into a conversation. And then next, which helps with the first three minutes of the conversation, is using meat without bread. It's a bad habit. Now, I'm not talking about lunch, even though it's a little after 12. I know you're getting hungry. You ever heard of the sandwich approach in a conversation? What you do is you go into the conversation and you give a compliment or say something positive first, right? Joseph, 
Man, I'm really liking that beard, brother. That, that beard's coming in good. You see, he's the second man, second service in a red smile when I complimented his beard. I don't know what it is about men and their beards, but they, it, they, it's a compliment. Now, look, I don't have nothing to bring up to Joseph, but if I did, you know, you compliment him first. Or, hey, babe, you know what? I appreciate when you do this. You've been doing this, this, and this other, but I need to talk to you about something. Before presenting that hard truth or some maybe a, a confrontational content, you say something positive first, compliment them, and then after you drop the bomb on them, so to speak, you follow it up. But you know what, Jacob, man, you're doing a great job, and I do appreciate it, man. You've been doing this, that, and the other. That's what they called the sandwich approach. Trust me, it goes down a lot easier. Because the first thing and the last thing you said was something positive, and you sandwiched it in between. This is biblical as well. Proverbs 18, 16. Listen to this. A man's gift given in love or courtesy makes room for him. So you see, when you give someone a genuine compliment or encourage them for doing something right, it makes room for the tough issue that you have to present, right? Come on, everybody loves a good compliment, right? Everybody likes to be encouraged. So that's your gift that will make room for you when you got to present something that's tougher. Next, cutting people off. I have such a horrible habit of doing this. I really do. I'm so bad at this. Like, really bad. Matter of fact, so bad that one time I apologized to my wife and I said, hey, babe, I'm sorry, I just cut you off. She said, it's okay, you cut yourself off all the time. I even cut, she's like, I, I guess that's really bad. I cut myself off. I'm not, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, my mouth can't keep up with my brain sometimes. You probably hear it while I'm up here on some Sundays, right? But cutting people off. Look what Proverbs 18, 13 says. Let people finish speaking before you try to answer them. Brandon Noel Miller. That wasn't in there, but I just added it. That way you will not embarrass yourself and look foolish. Let people finish speaking before you answer, before you cut them off. Again, y'all, I'm, I'm like low man on the totem pole when it comes to this. I'm praying and I'm working on it. But man, I tell you what, talk about the first three minutes. You cut somebody off. Man, it's I know I, if I cut my wife off, she's talking. I cut her off to let her know what I need to stay. And then I'm like, OK, you can keep going. She's like, no, I'm done. Like, it's over with. Like, you know, this is this, you know, so cutting people. Because it's really, you know, last week I talked about honoring people. It's such a lack of honor when we do that. It's not respecting. It's not honoring people. Because when you cut somebody off, you're saying what you have to say is more important than what they have to say. And you're not really listening or honoring them. So listen, let your spouse, friend, or coworker have his or her say, and even then after say, is there anything else? Once they run out of soap, then you'll have a better chance that they'll give you the floor until you finish. Amen. Proverbs tells us, let a person finish speaking first before cutting those. These are just a few bad habits that could helpfully break barriers. When you break these habits, barriers. Remember, Proverbs said these walls, uh, offended brother or wife or coworker or church member is hard to, harder to win back after you've insulted them even over multiple times in years an actual wall city. So we need to break down those walls. Amen? So in closing, look, I understand, and I just put myself out there. Communication is tough. Would you agree? Communication is tough. It requires patience, hard work, a little diplomacy, and a lot of help from the Holy Spirit. A lot of help. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. We need the Holy Spirit. So we need God's help to help us. We have our part to play this requires work and patience, but I promise you, your hard work at communicating will pay off in all of your relationships. We meet with couples and we work on that communication. We give them little exercises. Man, it helps tremendously. 
tremendously. I, I can point to so many things in my wife and I's marriage that when we had problems, it was communication problems. How we're communicating, lack of communication, timing in communication. Y'all, I mean, I could do a whole series on just communication. They literally have whole seminars on just communicating, whole conferences on this stuff. I'm just tip of the iceberg. But when you communicate has a lot to do with it as well, too, right? I, I shared before, a lot of times we'll get in arguments because I'm trying to walk out the door. Or, or she's trying to walk out the door. And I'm like, hey, you got a minute? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And I keep talking. I'm like, I just said I didn't have a minute, right? It's like, like, why are you talking still? And she's rushing. I'm rushing. It's bad timing, right? Just like communicating with God, you got to sit down, you got to make time, you got to turn everything off, right? I mean, it's the craziest thing I see so much nowadays. People out in the restaurants on dates and they're both on their phone. It's like, man, what are you doing? Like, this is a great time, eye-to-eye contact, you know, communication you can have. So we need to do the same thing. Look, if you're married or engaged and you're having issues with communication or anything, again, I encourage you, sign up, uh, uh, you know, less than a week away to sign up for the EXO Marriage Conference. I know they're going to deal. We, we've been watching the messages from the conference, uh, again, it aired live a few weeks ago, and there's there's awesome stuff on communication. Hey, listen, like my wife said, I want to tell you all too, like, this is not just going to be like a humdrum, like, hey, you know, marriage is bad. We're going to beat you up the whole time. No, I know men think that sometimes. We're going to have fun at this conference, y'all. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have some things to do, some interactive things as couples we're going to do together, some fun things we're going to do, a little uh, question and answer time between couples. So it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a light time. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to have lunch together. We're going to have fun. My wife wanted to remind me. She's been telling people, but like my wife is like the fun champion, by the way. She's all about, I'm telling you, she brings a fun element to everything. You remember, did I tell you I'm married up yet? Did I mention that? Because I have. Amen. I'm a blessed man. So listen, what area of communication is your greatest struggle right now? And it may not even be one of these three. Maybe the Holy Spirit highlighted something. I'm hoping it may be a scripture that I read. Maybe you got another word or something that, that, that highlighted. And, and, and maybe that I didn't even mention the Bible, that's called a rhema word. Like the Lord highlights something out of a scripture. Maybe it's not one of these three things I'm talking about, but you know, man, Brandon, this is my communication. I already shared with you a couple of mine. So what is yours today? And what are you going to do to change it? Why don't you close your eyes and bow your head with me? And let's ask the Holy Spirit. Again, we, we need his help. This is not a self-help thing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you and do the best I can. Everything we've been talking about these old four weeks, everything we already talk about on Sunday or Wednesday is straight from the Word of God. But we got to do our part. That's why he tells us to be quick to listen and to do these things, to not cut people off. And, and, and you know, so what's your greatest area of communication? If you don't mind, nobody looking around, please. If you would just bow your head and just close your eyes. So out of respect for others and just so you're not distracted and so you can just do business with God. Nobody looking around, just just... This be between you and God. What's the greatest area of communication that you're struggling with, you're challenged with right now? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Is it you didn't realize the power of your words, or maybe you did at one time, and man, you've just been letting words fly and not realizing the impact they're having on maybe your marriage, your children, your coworkers, your friends and family. Maybe it's to be a better listener, to learn. See, we need to learn to listen. Just like Paul said, I've learned to be content. These things can be learned. The Holy Spirit will help us. And maybe there's some bad habits. I listed a few. Maybe there's other ones you know, like, man, it's like you, Brandon. I cut people off or I don't, you know, whatever the case may be, bad delivery. You go in, a guns are blazing. 
remember, how are you setting the first three minutes of the conversation you're going in? Let's ask the Lord to help us right now, whatever those may be. Lord, I just pray that you help us to grow in our communication, Lord. But you said our communication would even be pleasing to you and how we communicate with you through prayer, through worship, maybe the word, maybe others. But the way we communicate with our spouse, our friends, our family, all our children, co-workers, everybody we're in relationship with. Help us, the Holy Spirit. Whatever that one thing is, just give it to the Lord and ask Him to help you to change that today. That it be transformed, that you could be a more effective communicator in your marriage, your friendships, children, parenting, school, work, wherever you're at. In church, Lord, we just ask that you would help us today. Change us, transform us. Let us be speakers of life and not death. May we speak life and bring healing and create environments of blessing and health in our marriages and relationships instead of speaking death and destruction. Lord, we want to link up with your plans, Lord, not with the plans of the enemy. Let our communication be flourishing and not cut off. One more question. What is your relationship status with God? What's your relationship status with God? Again, you know, we have people that have passed recently, people that are transitioning people that are that are that 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 don't know how long it may be what if you didn't know how long you had left on this earth are you in a right relationship with God what if those words got played back right now for all heaven to see would they condemn you or acquit you as Jesus said Jesus made a way for us to be in a right relationship with God. Romans 5, 17 and 18 says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death from this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everybody. Listen to this. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Are you in a right relationship with God? If you didn't know how many days you had left on this earth, or if today was your last day, where would you spend eternity? See, words are so powerful. The Bible tells us if we confess our sin, if we repent and believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. If you say, Brandon, I don't know what my relationship status or my status in heaven is right now, or you say, I know my status with the Lord isn't good, but I need to make it right today. If that's you, just slip up your hand, and I want to pray for you. Today, you can become born again. I see your hands over here, man. Anybody else? Over here, ma'am, I see your hands. Sir, say, I want to get in a right relationship with God. Anybody else? I see hands going up over here to my left. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else before we pray? And we're going to pray this together. Our word believe means to trust. You trust in Jesus with your life here both on this earth, your relationship with him, and also all of eternity. So we're going to all pray this prayer together, even those of us that didn't raise our hands, and just say something like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for making a way for me to be in a right relationship with God the Father. Lord, I know that I've sinned, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I repent today. I turn away from it, and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace and the strength to live for you, to communicate with you. Help me to hear you, Lord, 
in this new journey of life and through eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these that made that decision. Congratulations, you guys. If you prayed that prayer, there's a card in the pew in front of you says, I made a decision. Fill it out. You can bring it to the info center. We have a Bible or anything else you may need. For the rest of us, why don't you stand up and listen. Let's pray for the Lord to help us. But listen, I was reading this morning in Numbers, right, where God told Moses to bless the people of Israel. And he said, and if you bless them, then I will bless them. So again, I know there's blessing. There's life and death in my tongue, so I can bless you today. So why don't you let me bless you as you go. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that you're going to help us all in our communication and our walk with you and with one another. May you bless these as they go. Bless them and keep them, Lord. May your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Give them peace and the skills, the grace, the anointing from the Holy Spirit to help them in their relationship with you, in their marriages, children, friends, family, school, work, and in this church and everywhere we go beyond that, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. We love y'all. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. Uh, if, if you haven't signed up for the XO Conference yet, go ahead and do that, and we hope to see you then. Have a great day.